Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's is Wednesday, May 25th, starting at 6 p.m. Come here, a neighbor's adventure. We have three 20-minute stories on hand for you to view and listen to. What are the stories? Writer Knowlton is going to take the stage and tell the story, The Guides. Because writing about adventurers takes research, and that research leads to travel, trips, exploration, and adventure for the researcher. Writer Knowlton talks about his life, interests, and adventures when he steps into a world of fear, danger, exploration, and the unknown with The Guides. You can also hear him on prior podcast highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. His story is going to be followed by Outward Bound Within by Alexis J. Taylor. Our lives can take twists and turns, and much of this can come from a simple introduction. Alexis Taylor was introduced to the outdoors during her high school years. From it, she learned a lot about herself and felt led to introduce the outdoors to others. Why? Because of what she learned when she discovered her Outward Bound Within. Followed by... Inspire Campfire by Scott Wurzbacher. Where is your happy place? How did you find it? What difference did it make to you? These are some of the questions that Scott Wurzbacher has asked himself and will ask us. He found his answers, which led to added adventure with friends and with family. We'll all learn about it as we gather around his Inspire Campfire during Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's Wednesday, May 25th. We'll see you there at 6 p.m. The Carolina Outdoors in session. We're glad that you're joining in your host today, as always. Well, it's going to be Wes Lawson and Bill Barty, don't you think, Bill? That sounds like a good duo to me. And what we do here on the program is talk about the Carolina Outdoors. Imagine that. And we'll talk about other states and other lands We'll also talk to people that are helping make the outdoors better, including today. This segment, we're going to talk a little bit about a special place just an hour south of Charlotte in South Carolina on the border of Lancaster and Chester counties on the Catawba River, Lansford Canal State Park. It's 446 acres of park. It's got a lot of history from indigenous people using the shallow waters of the Catawba River to catch fish to in revolutionary times, armies crossing the river there in the shallows of the Catawba River. But also a canal was built there as goods came in from overseas and into Charleston port. They would bring them up the rivers via barge and then they'd get to this shallow place in the Catawba there and they had to dig a canal. So they would lash mules to the barges and bring them around the ford there, hence the name Lansford Canal. Um, And that's how they brought goods in for a few decades and and trains and technology advanced. But today, this 446-acre park is a treat, not only because of the history mentioned, but also the opportunity to view wildlife, the resident eagles, that nest there in Lansford Canal State Park. And, Wes, one more thing. This time of year, from now till mid-June, it is the world's largest spider lily bloom that there is. It's one of our favorite times to head down to one of our favorite Carolina hidden gem parks. Not many people know about this great park, Bill, and I think we ought to go ahead and hustle down there 
and check out Lansford Canal State Park. We're going to go to Al James. He's the manager of Lansford Canal State Park to find out about the Rocky Shoals spider lily right now. Al, what's happening? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, We are in full bloom. Uh, They started just a little bit early this year, but the flowers are looking great right now. We've actually got some reasonable weather and reasonable water levels, so they've gotten a whole lot of sunlight, and they are doing great right now. Tell us about the new facility and how much of an impact that has made, especially during COVID and after COVID with the new parking and the new um, access to the Catawba River. Sure, yeah, it's actually, I mean, one of the best benefits that we've had happen to Lansford in a long time. Um, It's basically doubled our parking, which means that we're not usually running people up on the road shoulders and stuff anywhere near what we used to do. So parking convenience for the visitor is extremely improved. Plus, the the places where people put boats in here used to be just walk down from the main parking area and throw it in the side of the river. We actually have a very short path up there, about 50, 60 feet long, and you're actually putting your boats in the water off of some concrete steps right there in the flat water. So it's really nice and handy for everybody. All right, Al, so Lansford Canal State Park has thousands of Rocky Shoal spider lilies, and this, of course, is a radio show, so we can't show a picture of those. Describe to our listeners what those Rocky Shoal spider lilies look like in full bloom. Sure. It's, um, this is the largest population in the world. Um, there's basically about 63 locations <clears throat> scattered throughout the world. Most of them are in South Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama. We have about 20 acres of river coverage of this plant, and it's about three feet tall, has a really nice about five-inch diameter white bloom. And the way these things work, they bloom um, in the evening, and it's a rotation of blooms, and that's why we have a lily season rather than just, you know, one or two days of blooms. These lilies start going into peak, and they run around in the sequence of blooming one new flower each night, and it basically covers the river in green and white. looks like a blanket of snow out there on top of these plants. So it's very impressive from the bank or from the water. And are these spider lilies endemic to our part of the world, or do they come from somewhere else? What's sort of the history of the Rocky Shoal spider lily? Sure. There's, um, there's supposition, again, you know, genetics and stuff like that have been done on these, and the idea is uh, a plant that grows in a moving river can only go one way. Hmm. So the theory is that these originated from somewhere up in the mountains, and as time went by and, you know, seeds fall in the water and they move downstream, they have progressed to the shoals and the rapids of some of the large rivers in South Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama. And this is about where they are going to run out of rocks and, and the substrate they need to to grow because they have a very specific habitat requirement with these rocks and full sun and all that kind of stuff. Now, is that because of the nature of Lansford Canal, or is that just because of the topography of the water? How did how did that come to be, we think? This is, we are in the vicinity of the fall line of South Carolina, which is where you transfer from the Piedmont area to the coastal plains. Coastal plain um, makes rivers go deep and really, um, I guess, windy be the easiest thing to say. 
up here we have exposed bedrock in the river where these plants are attaching and that is their normal habitat and you can find these lilies on the Catawba River there's some 10 miles north of us not a big population and there's some about 30 miles below us in Great Falls so this kind of habitat is where these plants probably would have been again looking at Rock Hill with um, I-77 and Highway 21 the shoals and the rapids there it's pretty good clue that they were probably there also thousands of years ago. And so do you think, or has it been your observation, that uh, longer periods of warmer weather are making things better or worse for the spider lilies, or is it really pretty dependent upon what's happening sort of in the moment with water levels and temperature? Yeah, um, again, everything affects the plant in one way or the other. Um, High water events here is going to remove some of the plants um, the way the plants are located in these shoals down here, we they're pretty much repopulating the exact spot where they're sitting right now. So if you think about it, like I said, these seeds drop in the water. Um, this plant has a, a fairly rare seed in the plant kingdom in that it is denser than water. So it actually sinks when it falls in the water instead of floating like most of the plant seeds. And that way it can either land in its own little cluster of plants or hopefully find a crack or crevice in the rocks real nearby and re- regrow a bulb and start a whole new plant over there. Al, I have a question that has nothing to do with flowers but a whole lot to do with wildlife. When last we checked in with you last year, the uh, eagles had a tough year, at least as far as nesting. And there at Lansford Canal, um, you know, you have six months of eagle nesting season and the opportunity to see an eagle um, from December really to June or so. Last year, a raccoon or critters had gotten into some of the nest. How does it look here in 2022? We have a uh, immature eagle on the nest right now. It's probably really close to fledging or going ahead and leaving the nest. So we had one young this year, and everything looks good so far. Um, Mom and Dad will take it out on the river and train it on how to fish pretty soon, and then it will move on to its own territory, and the adult pair will stay here all year round. So there's always an opportunity to actually spot an eagle here because they're residents for this area and been here for We've had eagles nest in here for over 30 years now. Wow. 30 years of resident eagles on hand at Lansford Canal State Park. Al, I'd like to ask you, uh, for our listeners, a bit of advice. If we want to come out there, and of course we are looking at the spider lilies from land, should we bring binoculars and to see the eagles nest as, as well? Should we bring binoculars or um, if we bring our pets, what are the rules regarding pets at Lansford Canal State Park? Kind of give us a lay of the land of do's and don'ts when we're visiting. Sure, yeah, we get a lot of, we do have a lot of pets out here. We say we're a very dog-friendly park, and it's just a requirement for state law that they have to be on the leash and be under your physical control at all times. Uh, we do ask that people stay on the trails just because the trails are designed for people and the woods and wilderness areas designed for all the wildlife. So just be mindful of where you're walking. Um, if you do go down to see the lilies, and we have people that like to get out in the water to try to get close-up pictures of them, and they'll bring cameras, you know, with long lenses. 
but we just ask that you do not disturb the plant because it is a it is a protected species here in the park. But um, you can get out there in the water when it's low like it is today and wait around, and there's probably a lot of people doing that. And the um, same advice goes for if you happen to be a boater and you come down, you want to paddle through the lilies, which is very easy to do. Um, we just ask that you do not run into them. Don't pick the flowers. If you find seeds, leave them where they are and just basically come down and observe and, and be amazed and have a good time. Now, the binoculars help with both the eagles and the lilies. Uh, basically, where you go to view the lilies is three-quarters of a mile from the main parking area, and we have a observation deck built there on the side of the river. It's about 30 feet square. And you're looking right dead into the middle of the population of the plants. The closest plants to the deck, however, are about 100 feet away. So binoculars is a good idea to get a nice close look at those flowers. And the eagle nest is on the nature trail, or actually off the side of the nature trail. And we have a little information. It's basically a short spur trail, about 10 feet long. And it has a sign, information sign right there that tells you about eagles and their nesting and their habitats and stuff like that. And if you want to observe the nest, as you're standing there looking at that information sign, if you look up and straight in front of you, there are two pine trees. And the eagle nest is in the top of the right-hand pine tree. It is difficult to see, but with binoculars, if the young is sitting out on the side or you get lucky enough and have one of the adults come in to bring food, then binoculars are definitely the way to go. Now, Al, earlier you mentioned that the spider lilies bloom on a rotational basis. When is the best time of day over the next few weeks to come out and see them? Is it early morning, afternoon, evening? When do we really get the full spectacle? Basically, the flower itself lasts about 48 hours before it actually Mm. wilts and kind of folds in and turns brown. So like I said, the plants, we get new blooms every day, and it's usually in the evening. These bloom in the evening. So I would say I would say early morning is nice. If you're taking photos, you are looking to the east as you're observing the lilies. So I hear a lot of people that like to take really nice photos will wait for a little bit later in the afternoon so the sun's behind them and it gives them a better look at the lilies. Hiking, boating, wildlife viewing, and the Rocky Shoals spider lilies, all available at Lansford Canal State Park, as well as a whole lot of Carolina history. Al James, park manager, thank you every time for your time here on the Carolina Outdoors. Always enjoy it. We're going to take a quick break. He's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. Back after this.